Thank you for choosing to listen to this message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. The mystery of the ages continues in this sermon. Be blessed as the importance of the local expression of the universal church is revealed. Father, thank you for the privilege to hear your word. We pray that you alone who are worthy to break the seals and open the scrolls because you have prevailed. Lord, open the book and give us illumination. Give us understanding. Let us encounter you and your purpose as we teach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Last week and the week before I spoke about, what did I speak about? The revelation of Christ. And I spoke about the mystery. The, the mystery of the ages. What's the mystery of the ages? Christ and the church. Okay, Christ and the church. So the mystery of God is Christ. The church is the mystery of Christ. So mystery, things that have been hidden in God until someone prevailed to open it. And when Jesus asked, <clears throat> excuse me, when Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say, I the son? Hmm. Jesus, thank you, Lord. John chapter, sorry, Matthew chapter 13, verse 12. Caesarea Philippi. When he came to Caesarea Philippi, um, um, Mark 16, I mean, I'm sorry, please pardon me. I mean, chapter 16, yeah. And then verse 13. Okay, so when he came to the regions of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciple, who do men say that I, the son of man? Isn't that interesting? He could have said, who do men say I am? He chose to call himself son of man. Son of man gives ref- reflection to his humanity. Son of God, his divinity. Jesus, favorite title for himself is the son of man. So, he's called the son of man. It's a divine title for his humanity. So he said, the son of man. Who do men say, I, the son of man, am? He said, some said you are John the Baptist, some said you are Elijah, some said you are Jeremiah, and others said you are one of the prophets. And he said, who do you say I am? And they said, Peter said, verse 16, thou art the Christ, the son, Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. The son of man is the son of God. Thou art the Christ. The Christ is the son of the living God. And Jesus said, it can only take God for you to know this. And as I taught you two weeks ago, that um, the, um, it takes only God to reveal Jesus, because it's only God who knows the Son. According to Matthew 11, I think 27, he said, only, only the Father knows the Son, and he can declare him. So it's that all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. All right. So Jesus said, when Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Bajona, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. So who revealed Christ to Simon? Who revealed Christ to Simon? He said, flesh and blood has not revealed to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So who revealed Christ to the Father? God himself revealed Christ. And then Christ said, okay, flesh and blood. And he said, thou art Peter, or thou art Cephas. And then he said, thou art Peter, and on this road I'll build my church. This is the first mention of the church in the Bible, Matthew 16, 18. So when Jesus, when Peter spoke, discovered who Jesus was by the Father, when it was revealed, Jesus was, when Jesus was revealed to Peter, Jesus also revealed the church to Peter. So he said, you're... <laughs> Your vision is not complete if you, all you see is just me. All this thing is just about Christ. I'm here for Christ. It's incomplete vision. 
incomplete understanding, incomplete perception. Your pers- true Christian perception starts with Christ and gets completed in the church. You need to see what the church is, who the church is, to appreciate what Christ has done. Christ came for the church. So Christ is the builder of the church and the revealer of the church. So he said that upon this rock, I will build my church. Say my church. church. Oh, have I lost you so quickly? Say my church. church. Say louder, my church. church. Now, upon this rock, I will build my, give me the New King James. I'm afraid the New King James. Because the New King James, what the New King James does is, um, because it's new. <laughs> Usually, all the pronouns, of the pronouns that referred to God was capitalized. All right, in italics. Sorry, sorry, capitalized, I'm sorry, capitalized. But the old King James, like the old, look at the old King James. They just put, I'll build my church. <clears throat> so in the new King James, even when something is a, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, Bible will not use, uh, New King James will not use when he, he, he will be capitalized because talking about a deity. All right, <clears throat> okay. So I will build <clears throat> my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. Say church. church. Say my church. my church. Please say it again. Say it for the last time. My church. my church. It's talking about, do you know what this is referring to? It's called the universal church. So when he said my church, he's not talking about Caris. He's not talking about um, the Church of England down the road. He's not talking about Presbyterian Church. He's not talking about Redeemed Christian Church of God. He's not talking about Witness Lighthouse. He's talking about all of us. All of us together. So the church, this is talking about, the first mention of the church was talking about the universal church. It's called the universal, tell the universal church. So the universal church is made up of or comprises anybody who is born again since Christ died and resurrected. So Peter, James, Bartholomew, Paul, Timothy, Epaphroditus, uh, uh, <laughs> not Demas. <laughs> John Mark, you understand that? Uh, 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 the Priscilla and Aquila, Apollos, Eunice, Lois, all these great guys, Philemon, Tychicus, that's the word I was looking for. Tychicus, Epinetus. On, that's the one, other one. Onisiferos, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. Onisiferos. Tryphena and Tryphosa. Romans chapter 16. Yes. <laughs> oh, there are names in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Julia, Julia, Linus, and uh, so, so many of that. So, these, all of them, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, the natural mother of Jesus. Right. Mary, James. Um, Judas, not the, that one who died, the other one. <laughs> All of them, when we talk about the church, including T.D. Jakes, myself, Bishop Oyedepo, yeah. your mother if she's born again, your uncle if he's born again, your cousin, your neighbor who you don't get on with if she's born, born again, again. <laughs> your boss who makes sure you lost your job if he's born again, that one says it's not. <laughs> All of them are part of the church. And Christ died for this church. And he's coming, and the Bible says he nourishes the church. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26, 27, and 28. It says that, that he might present him unto himself that he might present her, sorry, to, you see, the himself, unto himself, a glorious church. That church, that glorious church is not St. Andrew's church. 
is not KICC. It's, it's not Porter's House, Dallas. It's not Caris. It's not Church of England. All right. That church is, what does it mean? Universal Church. It's all Christians in all ages. Those who are not yet born again. The one who took your boyfriend. <laughs> or that boy who broke your heart. And all, I mean, all those. And, and later on. Because you, you did something to somebody and today you are in church. Hey. Today you are in church. So when you talk about the universal church, it includes everybody who has Christ in them. The, the, the requirement and the condition is Christ must be in you. If Christ is not in you, it doesn't matter how long you've been in church. You can be the church janitor. You can be the one who decorates the church. That's everything. You can be a keyboardist. You can be, it does not matter if Christ is not in you. You are not actually part of the church. Wow. On our books, we may have you on our books, but in his book, you are not registered. Wow. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. One day the book will be opened. And the names that were not found in the book of the, the last book of life were cast into hell, into the lake of fire, according to Revelations. Yeah. Whoever's, I think Revelations are 22 verse 12, I think so. Yeah. Or chapter somewhere, somewhere there like that. Who, whosoever, whose name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So, we may have you on our books, and you may even have a um, certificate, what's it called? Membership certificate. But if Christ is not in your heart, you will still die and go to hell. Wow. wow. Why? Because you are not part of the church. It's not that he's upset with you. He's just coming for his church. Are you part of his church? When I finish preaching, I'll give you an opportunity to actually sign up properly. We may not know, but you will know if you are in the heart. If Christ is not in your heart, you will know it. And so sometimes I feel like, no, no, please. If he's in your heart, you will know it. And once he's in your heart, he registers your name in the lamp, lamp book of life. It's a book of life. Wow. So, all those whose names are in the lamp book of life are part of the church. Is it not amazing? It's amazing. <laughs> Is it not fantastic? <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> so, so that's called a universal church. Okay. The first time the Bible was the church was mentioned in the scriptures was mentioned by Jesus Christ, and it was making reference to the investor church in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. However, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 17, look at Matthew 18, 17, and let's see if we can all afford to read it from the screen. Is that okay? All right. Let's all read it aloud. Let's go. Now this is talking up. This is talking about a brother who has go to the go, go, go before. Let's see, let me show you something. Uh, 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 go to verse um, 15, uh, 15 or fourteen. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between the two of you. Between the two of you, don't go and tell the other person. Tell her. Tell her. sisters. Are you listening to me? So someone has sinned against you. So you know we can sin against people. Oh yes. Someone has done something against you. Go and tell the person, I don't like what you did. This is what you did, blah, blah. Now, if that person is a Christian, the person will say, oh, I didn't, maybe the person doesn't see anything wrong. But okay, I hear you. But if he's a Christian, but not a serious Christian, or spirit is low, say, what do you mean by that? Church, he's a Christian, but he's, he said, when, if you, okay, what do you have to do now if you go to the person? Moreover, the, uh, wide screen, please. <laughs> <laughs> go and tell him, 
against you. Go and tell him his fault between you and him. Alone. 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 Tell someone one on one, one on one. Alone. Um, if he hears you, you have gained your brother. What means that? It's all, it's all, matter is certain. He said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that he offended you that much. It's okay. It's sorted. So now let's move on. The thing is sorted and you are still going around telling people. The person, you told, the person said, I'm sorry. You, 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 you trouble the church when you do that. You see, if you trouble the church, it's not a pastor you are troubling and it's not a member you are troubling. Jesus himself is going to come after you. Yes. Go to the next verse. But if he will not hear, some people will not hear. How many of you know that sometimes some people they will hear? <laughs> <laughs> if he will not hear, take with you one or two more. And by the mouth or uh, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word must be. So take someone else. One person you, or two, if you get, let's go and talk to this person. I don't like the way he's been hugging my husband. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so go, and, go and talk to the person. Now I said, if the person does not listen to the two of you, no, that's not the end. Okay, let's look at what he said. But if you hear, take with you one or two, uh, that by the mouth of the, verse, verse 17. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Now here, it's not like, give me a microphone. <laughs> no, that's not what it means. It doesn't mean, use it for your testimony or your preaching. <laughs> tell it to the church means, Authorities in church, right? The leadership of church reported to senior management, escalated. But if he refuses, some people they, we, we talk, they won't even listen to us. If he refuses to hear the church, then we will treat him like he's an unbeliever. If you have to, if someone is owing you, you've told. Please, I need my money. Say, I can't be bothered. You brought, you brought two other people to I need my money. Said, you touch it. You touch it. Now, just said, uh, get him to the debt collectors. It's a Christian brother. Or throw him out of the house. Because yeah. if you tried every means to solve it, and you use the money to pay the rent, and he's living there, you have to pay the mortgage, and he said, oh, we are all Christian brothers. Not, no, we don't take tongues to pay a mortgage. It's money. So if he's not paying, and first don't don't maltreat a Christian brother. Tell the police the mortgage is due. This please, I will need it. It's, it's one on one, not with anger. One on one, it really is it's spoiling a lot. And now they are they want to repossess the property. And other people, if he doesn't listen, get other people involved. Please can we, let, please come. Let's talk to this guy. This if he doesn't listen now, get church leadership involved. I want you to draw your attention to something. Tell it to who? The church. The church. Now, this is not talking about universal church. It's called the local church. The church you are part of. We are all part of universal church, but we definitely need to be part of a local church. You need to belong to a local church. Oh, as for me, anytime I wake up in the morning, um, where I feel like going, and then I go. Who are you going to tell when there's something to, be, to tackle? Universal church. How are you going to have? Where is the universal church? Where? On this note, let me take my time and explain something to you. In the end, much of the, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8 verse 1, it talks about the church in Jerusalem. Local church. Acts chapter um, 13 verse 1, church in Antioch. Acts chapter 15 verse 41, the, the churches in Cilicia and Syria. Acts chapter, he just got them. When he got Cilicia, and then he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. In those, it, these are local, church, not universal churches. In Acts chapter 20, verse 17, Paul, he called for the elders of the church in Ephesus. Elders of the church in Ephesus. He called Ephesus and called the elders of the church, that local church. 
local churches. So in, I find something very interesting about the significance. So when Jesus asked them, who do men say I am? They said, you are the son of the living God. He said, I tell you, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against. Jesus' focus is on the church. Why? I want to explain something. Je- Jesus Christ is the expression of the triune God. Physical expression. So, it, John chapter, I think 14 or so, John 14, he said, Philip said, show us the Father, it's enough for us. And Jesus said, have you seen me? You haven't, you, I've been with you all this while, you don't know me. And he said, if you have seen the Father, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus said to the disciples, verse 8, I think so, John chapter 14, verse 8, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Okay, and Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. He Jesus said, you don't know me. He who has seen me has seen the Father. I am the expression of the Father. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, it says that he is the express image of the person of God. Right. So when you want to know how God is, look at Jesus Christ. In John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word. The Word was God. So that word, that is God, in the verse 14, John chapter 1, verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt. So when you see the dwelling word amongst us, that is actually the expression of God, physical expression of God. So Christ is the word expressed, God expressed. In fact, verse 18 says that no one has seen the Father at any time, but the Son, who is from the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. He has expressed him. He has defined God to us. So the, Christ is the expression of God. In fact, how about this? In Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. Colossians 2, 9. I think it will be now we all read it. It's nice because it's powerful. Let's read it. Let's go. For in him Everybody, let's go. So in him, Jesus Christ, dwells all the, not some, all the fullness of God himself, the God, the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, it's called the Godhead, okay? Anytime you see the word Godhead in the Bible, it is not the head of God, but it means that the God the Father, God the Son, the Trinity, said, in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The word bodily means physically. So when you see him, everything you want to know about the Godhead is expressed in Christ. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But this bodily expression of God died, was buried, resurrected. And when he resurrected, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, I'm, I'm just giving you some, I think you need to know. 1 Corinthians chapter Chapter 15, verse 45, Bible says that the first Adam was a living soul and the second Adam became, and, and so it is written, the first Adam became a living soul, the last Adam, talking about Christ, became what? Life. The last Adam became what? Life. Oh, please, read it. The last Adam became what? Life. So, this is the last Adam. Let's say the last Adam. Okay, so Adam, the last Adam died. Oh, died, died, died. <laughs> and watch this. The last Adam was crucified. He died. He was buried. Is this so? Was Jesus buried? And then on the third day, what happened? He rose again. Now, when he rose again, now, he rose. When he was rising, he rose and he became. That's a very interesting text. Put it on the screen. Some of you haven't realized that. The last Adam became, not was, he became a life-giving, he became what? A life-giving what? Spirit. So through death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus resurrected and he became a life-giving spirit. So when you are born again, that's how Jesus is in you, by the spirit. He became a life-giving spirit. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says that the Lord is the spirit. Please see that. Now the Lord is what? The Spirit. So actually there's a, there's, there's a close relationship between the Spirit and the Lord. After resurrection, when he came on earth, he was the expression of the Father. Then he died. Buried, resurrected. And he became a life-giving Spirit. That is everywhere in us. Now, look. And so he, the Lord is the Spirit. John chapter 
John chapter uh, um, 14, verse 16, 17, and 18. Look at this. John chapter 14. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Go to the next verse. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because neither sees him nor know him. But you, watch this, watch this. But you know him, how? Uh-huh. He was talking to them. He said, you know the spirit because he's living, he, dwells, he lives with you. And then he will be in you. When he was talking to them, he said that I am with you. Now, I will be in you. I have to go. Because when I go, then you can be with me. That's why he told them from Joshua 14, verse, verse 2. He said, don't be worried, because in my father's house are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I'll, he said, I go. He said, uh, uh, no, verse 1, let's look at verse 1. Let me show you something. Let not your heaven, believe in me, believe. verse 2. All right. For in my father's house are many mansions. For if it were not so, I would not have, have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Go to the next verse. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Most people think he's talking about Jesus is going to sit in heaven and one day he's coming back again to take us to himself. No, that would be too late. He was going into death, burial, and resurrection and once he comes out of resurrection, now we and him, he receives us to himself to become the house of God. In my father, that's why I said in my father's house. Ah, doesn't it make sense? Yes. Oh, it's too. Can I, can I, can I, so, so, so he says that uh, I'm talking about the spirit. Jesus Christ, the spirit, the spirit. Watch this. If you want to, uh, uh, John again, John chapter uh, 16, verse 17. John 16:17. Is that what we're reading? John 16:17. No, 14:17. I'm sorry. But you know him because he will be with you. Go to the next verse, verse 18. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. What is he talking about? Think about it. Go to verse 16. I just, 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 am I confusing anybody here? If I'm confusing you, we, um, we, we'll do it again later uh, during the week. But I don't see why you should be confused. That's that simple. <laughs> now listen, I, I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide. Verse 17, I want to say on verse 17. The spirit of truth. Say the spirit of truth. Everybody say the spirit of truth. Okay, what do you say about the spirit of the truth? Who the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit, right? The spirit of truth who the world cannot, um, uh, cannot receive because it doesn't see him nor know him. But you know him. Ah, do we know the spirit? How do we know the spirit? He said, when he was talking to the disciples, he said, you know him. Why? Because he dwells with you and he shall be in you. So, no, he didn't say he dwells in you. He said he dwells with you as I'm speaking but he's about to come inside you. When he comes, when the Father sends him. Look at verse 17. He shall be with you. Verse, seven, verse, verse 18, I'm sorry. Verse 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He didn't come. He came back as the Spirit. Does that make sense? So, what am I trying to say? Christ is the expression of God. The Spirit we, we, reveals Christ. And if you want to experience Christ, it will take the Holy Spirit. If you want to experience Christ, Romans chapter 8, chapter 8 verse 9. If you want to experience Christ, it will take the Spirit. Romans 8, 9 says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, it's not none of his. So, it takes the Spirit to experience Christ. All right? That is why there can't be a church without the Spirit. It takes the church to have the, uh, sorry, it takes the Spirit to have the church. Listen, Christian sister, that message I preached in um, Lighthouse, uh, Master Seed, that message is very strong. I was talking about, I preached on the fact that you can you can't build the church or do anything for the church with the flesh. Because according to John chapter 3 verse 6, whatever is born of the flesh is flesh. Whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. So if it's just your human abilities, your human intelligence, your human acumen, it is not building the church. 
It may be, we may socially, organizationally like it, but really, you are not building the church. The only thing that builds the church as God wants it is spirit. And so we all must, be, must learn how to engage our spirits. You have to be a spiritual man and a spiritual woman. I didn't mean you have to be a nice person. Religious folks, hear me. Christianity is not about being nice. Christianity is about being spirit. The spirit's finding an expression in you so that you will be the expression of God. The expression. So now let me go back to what I, I was trying to say. So Christ is the expression of God. Okay, God is expressed through Christ. Let's all say Christ is the expression of God. Christ is realized and experienced through the Spirit. But the church is the expression of Christ. That's where I've been trying to go. So when you read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, look at it on the screen. Can we all read it out loud together? Verse 23. So, what is the church? The church is his body. Do you understand that? No, go back to verse 22 again. I think sometimes, uh, is someone getting confused about this thing? No, read it again. Let's see. Well, okay, don't read. Let me read it for you. And he put all things under his feet. Is it the his? Who is the his? That's the his over there, Christ, capital H. He put everything under Christ's feet and gave Christ the him. Gave him to be the head over all things to who? The church. So Christ is the head over all things to who? To the church. Now what is the church? The next verse. What's the church? Which is his body. What is the church? What is the church? Whose body? The church is Christ's body. The, full, the church is the fullness of Christ who fills all things in all. The all filling Christ. His body is the church. So we, the church, is the expression of Christ. That's right. When God looks down on, from heaven, he doesn't just see human beings. He sees Christ, the body of Christ. The church is, okay, Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Romans 12, 12 says that. First Corinthians 12, 12, I mean, sorry. <laughs> what a shock. For us, watch this. For us, the body is one and has many members. How many of you know that your body has many members? Members mean parts, body parts. What are some of the body parts? Scapula, your ears, your nose. Wig is not part of the body parts. Wig is not body parts, okay? For for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one, so one body, so also is Christ. That's right. So if you are born again, you are a member of the body of Christ. We, everyone, and that body of Christ, talking about the universal body of Christ, we are all members of the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4, it says that one body, one body, it's not many bodies. There may be Church of England, there may be Catholic Church, there may be uh, 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 um, uh, Lutheran Church, there may be Presbyterian Church, there may be Caris Ministries, there may be Work Ministries, there may be this one, I mean, KICC, there may be Lighthouse, Redeemed Christian, Witness Chapel, Potter's House, many, 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 only in London, so many. But even though we are many, we are one, there's only one body. That's right. There's only one body of Christ. See, there is one body. Say, there is one body. There is one body. Say, louder. There is one body. Jehovah's Witness is not part of it. <laughs> That's a different body. Permit me to say this. You need to understand it. 
When we say the church is a body, it's not in the same way we say a body of lawyers, a body of surgeons. No, no, no. That is a different expression. A body of lawyers is like uh, uh, an organization. But the church is not, when we talk about a body, it's not a body in the sense of organization, but a body in the sense of organism. Like your body. So anything that affects, if we inject something into your ears and it's dangerous, it will go through the whole body. Because it's one body. Are you getting it? It's one body. Say one body. one body. So anything that affects the body at any point affects. Listen, your, your little toe. I didn't even know about corn some time ago. Your little, ladies understand it better. Or some of you wear shoes and it's, it's, it's bruising your heel. It's hard. But guess what? That little toe can throw your whole body into confusion. You can lose appetite because your little toe is hurting. How about your ear? It's hurting. It's hurting. Any part. Sometimes the, the little finger, just a, a, the tip of it, because you're trying to uh, shape, shape, uh, shape the, the nails and you ended up cutting yourself. And it, it, it has so much. <laughs> what is it not a little? My friend, my little. What do you mean? What you, you can see blood. You are saying little. Little what? Little what? So, so. Their body is one, it's an organism. Do you realize that children, when they are born, oh, they look very little. Yes. A, a child's finger is little. But the finger doesn't grow, or some parts doesn't grow, with, and they leave their finger. Even the head. When they are growing, the head, I think, grows a little bit more. Yeah. The ears grow. The ears growing, the nose is growing. We only spread everything must grow in proportion. You know, it's, it's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> So, say one body. one body. One body. So we, the church, is the body of Christ. Not the bodies. There's a body here, there's a body here, there's a body. No, we are one. Tell someone we are one. We are one. We are one. It's one body. So the church is made up of one body. So what am I trying to say? Watch this. Christ is the expression of God. The Holy Spirit makes Christ our experience gives us the experience of Christ and the church is the expression of Christ. This is so important. This is what Christianity is about. Christianity is about God in the flesh. Say the son of man. Say the son of man. He came to be a man amongst us. Emmanuel means God with us. And actually he said they shall call him. His name is uh, Jesus or Yeshua. But he said they shall call him. We shall identify him as God with us. It's interesting, that time I was just listening to something and I realized that Jesus Christ, one day they announced his birth in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. The angel said that his name is um, Jesus and then they shall call him Emmanuel. Uh, behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall be called his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us, translated God is with us. And can you imagine when Jesus finished his work and he was going to, Ascending, he told his disciples, Go into the world and preach. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Go into the world and preach the gospel um, to all creature. That's the great commission. And then verse 20, verse, 20 verse, verse 19 says that, Go therefore into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And verse 20 says that, word, verse 20, teaching them all that. He said, Lo, I am with you always. Emmanuel, God with us. When he was going, he said, I'm with you always. Jesus is always with the church. So when Saul of Tarsus was persecuting the church, Jesus Christ appeared to him and he said, why do you persecute me? He said, no, I don't persecute you. Anytime you touch the church members, the Christians, I am inside them, you are touching me. You are touching me. And he said, it's, it's very hard to kick against the goats, against the pricks. So the church is so important in the eyes of God. That is why I quoted Ephesians. Chapter 5, verse 26. Ephesians 5, 26, that, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Verse 27, that he might present the church to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. The next verse. So husbands ought to love their own wives as, as their own bodies. He who loves himself loves 
sorry, his wife laughs himself. The next verse. For no one ever hates his own body, but nourishes and cherishes it. Now he's saying that Christ does that to the church. So Christ nourishes the church. Let's say Christ nourishes the church. Say Christ cherishes the church. What does it mean to nourish? Feed. Feed. And what does it mean to cherish? Love. Treasure. Watch this. If Christ treasures and loves and cherishes the church, you dare not temper with the church. How can you temper with the church? In fact, the Bible says that Ananias said, I've heard by many that this man is causing havoc. Mm. Say havoc. Havoc. And he has has received instructions to come. He has persecuted those in Jerusalem. Now, so interestingly, and what Ananias said in Acts chapter 9, I want to show you something. Is everyone here with me? I just want to show you something. What Ananias says is very interesting. Acts chapter 9, verse 13. And Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much, he harmed, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Saints in Jerusalem also mean the church in Jerusalem. Hello? Hi. Say church in Jerusalem. Church in Jerusalem. He didn't say church everywhere. The church has always been city-based. So long as God is concerned, the church is a church in Jerusalem, Church in Antioch, church in London. We are the church in London. So all churches based in London, God doesn't know them by name. He doesn't classify them by name per se. He classifies us as church in London, church in Leeds, church in Birmingham. It's very important. So God classifies churches with cities where the church are. Not church names. You never saw, see it anywhere in the book of Acts where a church has been classified by name. A church was so the church of Antioch, the churches in Cilicia and Syria, the church in uh, Ephesus. So now, when, 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 um, <laughs> When John, I'm, 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 I'm drawing this message to a close. This is the crux of what I'm trying to teach. All right. First, Revelation chapter 1. Verse. All right, let's start from verse 2. Who bore witness to the word of God? and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. This talk, verse 3. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Verse 4, let's keep going. John, to this, watch this. John, to the seven churches, to what? To what? Seven churches which are where? In Asia. Asia. Now, then it's just mentioning these cities in Asia. Seven cities in Asia. He he will mention them later on. But grace and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who is before his throne. Now, so this was addressed. Watch this. The book of Revelation was addressed to the seven churches in Asia, which one day I'll explain a bit more about that. But when you read the New Testament, all the epistles were not written to the body of Christ. They are written to local churches. Apart from some that were written to individuals like Timothy, Titus, Philemon. But the rest were written to, First Corinthians is the church in Corinth. Ephesians, the church as Ephesus. Philippians, the church at Philippi. Colossians. <laughs> the church at Colossae. <laughs> okay. Thessalonians. Thessalonica. 
So these were written to Galatians. Galatia. See, so the, the, these letters were written to the church in that area. The church in those cities. It's very important. God doesn't just deal with us as a universal church. He now, when he has, is dealing with us, he comes down to the local church level. So until you are actually in a local church, you are going to miss God. The local church is the physical expression of the universal church. Where is the universal church? How will you be part of the universal church? You got to be part of the local church to get the attention of God. Ah, okay. oh, as for me, I do things for God. In what way? Where is God? How do you do it for God? Find a local church and express your love for God in a local church. You know, you know, listen, listen. Someone will tell you that, oh, me, I like people. I like people very much. I don't think it's nice for someone to say, I like men. Is it nice? Men, I like men. Oh, I like girls. You have to find one and love. If you are genuine about love, you have to find one and love. Am I right? Yes. Those of you who are trying to love too, you are, you are phony. You can't love too effectively. The Bible says that no one can serve two masters at the same time. You can love one, one. You can be attracted to many. How many of you are sometimes attracted to many? Oh, look, look at the hypocrites. Since we came to church, you've been eyeing that lady throughout the You've been eyeing that gentleman throughout. So you can be at, so you can love one. So are you getting what I'm saying? So you love, watch this. You can't just get up and say, Me, I'm full of love. Huh? What do you mean? How? Give, can you give it a context? Give your love a context. I'm a footballer. Which team? Give us a call. I'm part of a, I mean, I'm, I'm part of the uh, football federation. Uh, uh, association of footballers. I mean, for, you, for them to even accept you as one of them, you, you must have a team. You need a club. Before you can be recognized by FIFA, you need a club. So, Universal Church, as for me, I just do anything for God. Excuse me. It's a religious jargon. Nonsense. What do you mean by do anything for God? Find a local church. And now listen, the reason why marriage is important is marriage is a test of character. If you love somebody, marry the person. Let's see if you really love them. Because, listen, listen, because my time, I need to finish this. The, the reason that is, is, if you love some, there are bad days ahead. There can be bad days ahead. There are, there are times where you don't feel like loving. There are times you are very upset with a person. Just like your mother, or those of you who are mothers, you are, your children. Your children can sometimes upset you so much, and you're really upset with them, but that being upset doesn't go to a certain level. Because you, just, you can be upset, but you, you allow anyone to mishandle your child. You can, be, you can discipline a child, you can be upset, you have your chocolate today, I won't do it. You, I don't, I don't, you can cry and cry, I won't do it. Yes, but you won't allow any other person to handle her like that. Now, if you are full of love, your love must be contextualized with somebody. Somewhere. A marital love, marriage love, is always to one. So if you claim you love Christ, you must be committed to a church, not churches. For those of us who are church supermen, church shoppers and church church hoppers, church butterflies, move from nectar to nectar. Oh, this place, I like their music. So I just go there for the praise and worship, and I go there, I like their life. You are not serious. You are an unserious Christian. Or you actually, do, you lack understanding of the things of God. So, if that is how marriage is, and church and Christ, you can sit down, please. It's like marriage. Why 
Why is it that you, get, you become part of a church and you want everything in the church to be perfect? Everything must be perfect. The people must be perfect. The preaching must be perfect. The pastor must finish on time. What a shock. church where they laugh, where they laugh and they have fun, sometimes they will close early. Because half of the time is laughter. <laughs> we are having fun in Christ. Is it not a package? You want a church that has its own building. Most of the churches that have their own uh, cathedrals, it's very boring. You go there and you are sleeping and ah, you want to finish quickly and go home. Yes. But some of you sometimes when I say, oh, my time is up, it's, hey, it's already two. Yeah. <laughs> because you didn't realize that you are having so much fun that you who claim you can't stay one hour in church, you are three hours, you can't really feel it. Yes. You, jo- you want to join the choir. Hey. Even if you join the best choir in the world, you'll find out that there are difficulties there. Yes. Yes. You go to cabinet meeting, you see the way they don't get on. Yeah. Everywhere, there, there'll be tension amongst human beings. Yes. So stay on your own and build it. Yes. Stay on your own and build it. You must be part of a local church and stay with the local church. The most important thing in a local church is Christ being expressed, Christ being the center not money for heaven's sake. Not money and not distribution for prosperity. You don't go to church because you want to be prosperous. Get a job. You go to Christ. You go to church because you want to know Christ. And you want to serve God. You want to give your best to God. That's why you go to church. The chief reason. Don't go to church because you are looking for a, a woman to marry or a, a, a man to marry you. And so you have joined the ashes uh, because you, are look, you want to be seen. You've joined the choir, choiristers because you, you want to be seen on stage. Very soon our choiristers will not be coming on stage. Only a few leaders will come. The rest will stay at the, and back sing from this floor. And some people, as soon as they get a man, they will leave the choir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You watch, you watch what I say, watch it. Some people are encouraged on campus because of... (laughs) So, you don't come to church because of demons chasing you. Church can deal with it because we have a prevailing lion. But we come to church because we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And he has called us as his people. And every time we must come together and continue in the apostles' fellowship. Apostles' prayers. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Apostles' prayers. Apostles', apostles fellowship. Can, can I show you one more thing and then I, I finish? Is someone learning something? Stay, stay committed. Marriage means commitment. Stay committed. Those of you who don't stay committed to a church, it may reflect in your marriage. Yes, it, it will end up reflecting your marriage. And chances are that in this modern day where marriage is so much brutalized and vandalized, chances are that if you get married, you are likely to divorce. Because text of character, you can't stay through anything. To stay married, you have to go through some things. You have to be tough and be resolute that I'm staying through things and work on yourself. And when you work on yourself, it will affect the one you are in a relationship with. That's what marriage is about. This yummy, 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 the church is like, yummy, 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 yummy. You are in the church, but every time you have something negative to say about the church, it is very unscriptural, it's very unchristian, and it's very satanic. Yes, yes, yes. Jesus, watch this. You, what I don't understand is the people who say they love Jesus, but their church problem causes. The two is, is incongruent. You can't love Jesus and can't stand a church. Because Jesus is busy nourishing and cherishing the church. 
He nourishes. He cherishes the church. And it's not the universe. It's the local churches. How is the local? You must depart. You can't say, I mean, I love, I love everybody. No. You must show us somebody. There must be somebody you love. You are showing. Sure some of them are hateful. Some of them you can't stand. But that is the sign that you are full of love. Yeah. The church. Tell someone, build the church. Don't say, I, me, I give it, I do it. Some people, their monies go to charities, but not church. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, this charity, this charity, which is charity. So, so, social um, responsibility is good. Social responsibility is good, but it does not guarantee any reward from heaven. Oh. Stay with one church where you are growing. Where the book must be open. A place where book is op- not opened, you won't find Christ. Because in the beginning was the word. Everything must hinge around the word of God. Am I preaching at all? I want people to understand and have a, a holistic approach to church life, the things of God. Let me finish this in Revelations, as I said. Revelation chapter 1. Were we reading Revelation chapter 1? Yes. Yeah. Five. five. Revelation chapter 1. So, from verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, firstborn of the, uh, from the dead, and the ruler over all the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Verse 6. In his own blood. And has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Let's keep going. <clears throat> I want to hear something forever and ever. Behold, he's coming. All right, let's go to verse um, 9. I think I want to pick from the nice one. I, John, both your brother and companion in tribulation and, ki- and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Okay, now go to the next verse. See where we're going. I was in the spirit and in the, on the Lord's day. Time will not permit me to talk about the Lord's day. The Lord's day means, usually it's Sunday. John chapter 20 verse 1 talks about Acts chapter 20 verse 7 is on the issue. You see, they talk about the Lord's day, the day of the Lord. All the first day of the week is the same thing. The Lord's day, the day of the Lord. So I was, so it's uh, John 21, Acts 27. I think we should just, uh, first, first Corinthians 16, verse 2. But let's go Revelation. Let's go to Revelation. I need to finish this. My time is up. Oh, man. Man. Re- Revelations. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. When was I in, when was I in the spirit? On the Lord's day. On a Sunday like this, you got to get in the spirit. Dedicate, make sure that you are entering the spirit because when we come to church, it's a good opportunity to hear from God. It's a good opportunity for God to readjust and realign your perspective. It's it's very important. So don't come to church and stay in the flesh. Get into the spirit. Tell someone, whisper, get in the spirit, get in the spirit. And I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. Okay. All right, now let's go to the next verse. Listen, listen. As of a trumpet, saying, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and what you see, write in a book and send to the seven churches which are in Asia Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Titeria, Sardis, Pamphylia, Philadelphia, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Seven. Seven churches in Asia. They mention the name. This, the cities are called the cities. That's what you see there. Okay, Ephesus, uh, uh, um, Smyrna, Pergamos, Titeria, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. These are the churches. He said right to watch this. He said watch this. Um, right to the churches which are in Asia. So local churches. God starts dealing with local churches. Local churches which are in Asia. Okay, and I mentioned them by name. Look at verse 12. Verse 12. Then I turned. Say, I turned. Say, I turned. Say, I turned. Learn how to turn. Don't stay in one position. Sometimes turn. 
turn and see who is speaking to you. You need, first of all, you need to be in the local church life and align yourself whilst you turn. Shit from the natural way of doing things. Turn. Then I was in the local church. This message was sent to local churches. God deals with the local churches. You've got to be part of a local church. He deals with the local churches. He said, I'll give them pastors after my heart. Local churches. So he said, I tell, you have to be in a local church, and not just that. Sometimes you can be in a local church, but not turning. Turn. Turn to see who is speaking. You might, you might have heard a voice, but it's time to turn. Shift your focus. Get the right angle. I turned, and I saw seven golden lampstands. And what I saw, do you know what the lampstand stands for? The lampstand, verse 20 says, the lampstand stands for the churches. But let me show you something. I don't see uh, the lampstand, golden lampstand, seven stars are the angel and the seven churches. Okay, uh, seven churches, the seven lampstands which you saw are the churches. Do you see that? All right, so go to the verse 11, verse 12. Let me finish this. I need to finish it. Oh, man. Oh, man. He said, I turned and I saw, uh, I, I turned to see the voice of the one who spoke to me. And having turned, I saw seven lampstands. Okay, go to the next verse. See this. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the son of what? Man. Like who? He didn't say son of God. He's in heaven still as a son of man. Son of man has to do with his humanity. He, relates, he wants to relate with the church still with his humanity. Because we are humans. That's why he understands. He understands. I turned and I saw. Some, and in Revelation, don't turn to it. You can write this text down. Just showing that Jesus Christ is still the son of man whilst he's in heaven. Revelation chapter 14, verse 14. You can write the text down. Revelation 14, 14. He's the son of man. First, um, uh, <clears throat> Matthew chapter 24, verse 30. He's the son of man. In Acts chapter 7, verse 56. Stephen said, and I saw heavens open and I saw the son of man. He's still in heaven as the son of man. The son of man. So when Peter said, you are the son of God, Jesus asked them, who do you men say the son of man I am? It's the son of man. So he said, I turned. What is, what, Revelations. He said, and I turned and I saw one like the son of man clothed with garments, a garment down to his feet and gathered about the chest with a golden sash, a golden belt, a golden. When they win the battle, uh, sorry, the contest, where do they put the title belt? Belt is for the waist. But this man, to wear a gown, to wear a gown or a garment is a sign of high priestly role. So he was in heaven as the high priest. He's a high priest. Watch this. You don't have to miss this. I'm ending on this. He's in heaven as a high priest according to Romans chapter 8 verse 34 and, and Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 and 26. He said, for we have a high priest. Okay, so he's in heaven interceding on our behalf as the high priest. Jesus is in heaven as the high priest. But we just, when, he said, when he saw Jesus in heaven, he saw this man, okay, with uh, the high priestly garment, and he had a belt, such golden, golden is the nature of God, in his, not his waist. Waist means readiness to deal and fight. Chest stands for heart. Love. So his belt is around his heart. Thomas, he was, I saw, said, in the midst of the seven lampstands, in the middle of the church, there is one clothed with this garment, and he was walking in the church. In the local churches, the seven churches, Christ is, so he's, he's seated in heaven interceding for us, but he's also in us, amongst us, loving us, caring for us, nourishing us. Cherishing us. His breast, the belt is on his chest. His heart is for the church. And so he has not left us. He said, I'll be with you always. So much as he's in heaven as our high priest, he's also amongst us as our lover, as our nourisher, as our cherisher. That is why when you are a Christian and Satan throws his worst blow. You can believe God that this is your God of love. God will arise to defend you. 
So what does that mean? If God, Christ, is in the church, loving us in the church, no wonder when Saul, Saul of Tartus attacked the, attacked the church, he came after Saul. Why do you persecute the church? Because he's busy loving us, expressing himself, walking amongst us. He said he was among the candles. He's inside us. Christ is inside us, loving us, and as the lion of the tribe of Judah, fighting and defending the, his church. As a lion of the tribe of Judah. And so, I don't know what you might have been through this past week. And I don't know what is threatening your peace. Is it your health? Come on. Is it your family? Is it your finances? Is it your marriage? Oh, we have a lover. Yes. yes. We have a lover. If you are part of his church, he will rise to your defense. All I need you to do is to learn how to turn and see him. Be connected with him and get interested in also building his church. Yes. Because he's busy loving his church, building his church, helping his people, developing the church. Get busy and know that this God of the church, the God of the church, he is the son of man walking amongst us. He is the light, the bright and the morning star. God told me to tell somebody. Don't be afraid. Because God is going to fight for you. Don't be afraid. About your health. About your job. About that letter you have just received. Some of you are seated here. You are very worried and confused about things. Actually, you don't know what's happening. What's going on with me? I I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Lord, help me. Mm. You are in the right place. Yes. You are in the right place. Yes. Because this our God, our Jesus, yes. the Lord, He is rich unto all. He is rich unto all who call on His name. Now, sometimes you can hear bad news. Sometimes some development can come up. Sometimes you, you find out some things that you least expected to hit you. And it's like your whole world is caving in, comes tumbling down. But I came to tell you, in times like that, remember that the lion of the tribe of Judah Because the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. He didn't prevail for himself. He prevailed on our behalf. God is your helper. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember that this is our year of knowing Christ and making him known. Don't forget to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.